Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. All of our listeners all over the United States, I welcome you back. And to all of our listeners in every other country of the globe, I'm honored to have you once again. Welcome everyone to this episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. In Southern Virginia, Northeastern North Carolina, we're coming to you on WGPL 1350 and WPCE 1400 on your AM dial. You can also find us on WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. Listen, you can listen live to the live stream at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. And if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast in the Marriage and, and uh, Family Clinic series, you can always find the podcast simply by going to iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I believe you can find us on a couple of others also, but mainly iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Just go to those and search Bishop C.D. Hodges. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges, and you will find us there. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair and grow and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. Listen, folks, that's a long way of saying I, just, I really want to offer you some tools to include in your life's toolbox to help you in your marriage and your family relationships. If we can help you identify some things you can know how to help yourself even better. So that's what we're all about here at Marriage and Family Clinic. Now I'm still thrilled. I'm still thrilled because last week I had two special young ladies with me and they're back this week. We got so excited and got going. I don't know if we were on track or off track, but we had a track. <laughs> we had a track and we enjoyed riding that track, man. We got on that thing and we were like a locomotive, man. We couldn't stop uh, fast and we couldn't take turns fast either. Uh, uh, so I'm glad to have back with me this week Sister Erica Dixon and Sister Tanisha Hode. God bless you all. Thank you all for Thank joining you. me again. I, I tell you, you, you don't know how thrilled I am to have you share this uh, special time with me. And, and just I'm honored just to have you take time out of your day to spend with me. I know how precious and how valuable time is. And, and, and I appreciate your patience and, and coming back to be with me. I had to bring you back because we got going last week and, and uh, hey, you know, it, it just went where it went. And we'll see, what happen, we'll see what happens again on today. Who knows, maybe we'll need a third week. I don't know. We'll see what <laughs> happens here. But uh, uh, we did deal with some stuff. We dealt with uh, how you got married on, on last week. And, and, and let's dive right into here. Let's dive right in here uh, right now. And, and I want you to tell me, uh, uh, I guess I should let you guys say hello to our listeners. First of all, huh? I'm just excited. Go ahead. <laughs> It's good to be back, Bishop. This is Erica. Hi, this is, this is Tanisha. I'm glad and I'm excited to see what's going to take place. <laughs> All right. That's great, man. That's great. Listen, uh, when it comes to marriage, uh, uh, what is your earliest age you remember thinking about marriage, having thoughts about marriage? When, when, when do you remember coming to an understanding of what you thought marriage was all about? What, how, how young were you? Can you remember that? No, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. I do remember Cinderella. 
Cinderella. Cinderella. Yeah, being a princess of some sort. Oh, okay. So, and 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 that's the reason I mentioned that because a lot of our perspectives about marriage and family is formed by what we see in the movies on TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and Cinderella, and and uh, what's the what's the young lady with the long hair in the tower? Rapunzel. Rapunzel, <laughs> you know. And uh, so a lot of women form the idea that there's supposed to be some man to come and rescue me. Yes. Did you have anything like that going on? Well, when I first got married, just you know, looking at TV, you think it's this uh, fantasy world, a picture-perfect marriage. But and I, sometimes I think we're just so caught up on a wedding. Mm. You know, mm. that, one, that big day, we spend a lot of energy on that one day. But after that one day, and just say the next day, you can start having like some little, some little hiccups in the, uh, uh -huh. the newlywed thing. So I think we just we're fantasize sometimes as young ladies of the, that, that one day, not wow. knowing in the wow. long run it's going to be some hiccups. Mm. Wow, that's awesome. And you know, statistics say that the amount of money you spend on a wedding has absolutely nothing to do with the quality of the wedding thereafter. Mm -hmm. That should convince a lot of people to save some money. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What do you got to add, Erica? Um, I, I agree with Sister Holt. Um, I do think we have a, an imagination of what our spouse should be, mm. especially when we have a father of what his shortcomings were, what yeah. his strengths were. So we're automatically comparing who we're marrying to what we're familiar with. Uh -huh. And so... Um, that coupled with what we see on the TV, we already have our picture-perfect yeah. man and how he should look, you know, yeah. with the abs, because I, I show <laughs> praise the Lord, but thank God. <laughs> but we all have our, our own. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. You know, I think you guys been listening to my teaching or something, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I call it phantoms. We, we, we chase phantoms. We have these ideas. Like you say about what a husband's supposed to be, what a wife is supposed to be, how she's supposed to look, how he's supposed to look, how they're supposed to act, what we're supposed to get out of the relationship. And it ended up being a phantom. Mm -hmm. It's a phantom husband, a phantom wife. And I said in the program on last week, you know, the things that we see in Hollywood, the things that we see on television, in the movies, that is so ludicrous. Yes. Nobody wakes up in the morning, rolls over, and gives their husband or their wife this big old wet, luscious kiss. Uh, no. Nobody <laughs> does that. You don't want that dragon breath right then. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like honey, you, you, can, you can help that now. <laughs> you know, but we, we have these phantoms. And, and that brings me to the point of, you know, asking about who modeled marriage for you as a child? Who modeled marriage? What were your marriage examples like? What were some of the good ones, some of the bad ones, some of the in-between ones? What, what were some things that you saw as a child that helped you make up your mind about what marriage is supposed to be? Who were some of those people? Well, I didn't see any that much positive in my parents' marriage because I said in the previous, um, my dad was always in and out of our lives. Mm -hmm. And my, my mom, she went to church, she was in the church, and she was trying, she was living the same life, the best life she knew how. But it was all that dysfunction, so I never saw the positive side of it. I just kn knew I don't want to be in a relationship like that. Mm. And I think sometimes I'm so independent 
because I have my mom had to be independent to take care of four of us because she couldn't count on my dad because mm. he was never there. So sometimes in my marriage, I have to step back and say, hey, let him take the lead. But I'm not used to seeing that in our household. Even though my mom and my dad never got divorced and my dad died and they were still married, I never saw my mom had always had to take the lead. Wow. That is awesome. That Now, I've got to let Erica say something here, but I, I don't want some of that to leave me. I don't, I don't want some of that to leave me. You know, you... you uh, uh, what what are you experiencing as a child watching your dad go in and out of the home like you described? It was very hurtful, but you know, you're just an innocent child. And my thing mm -hmm. is you go to church, going to church on Monday, Wednesday night, Friday nights, and back Sunday all day. And you're seeing everybody else with their dad, mm -hmm. but your, your mom is bringing you to church. And I'm like, this this can't be. But like I said, the previous recording, my dad was a preacher child. And my thing is, too, sometimes being in the church, I guess my granddad put a lot of emphasis on the church mm -hmm. and neglect his family. And so sometimes I don't think it was an example shown there mm -hmm. of how to be a man, mm -hmm. how to treat your wife, how to treat your family. Because my father had always tried to chase love from his, his family. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. Wow, so it's awesome. a very uncomfortable feeling. Yeah, yeah. And and you say I was an innocent child, but did you did you refer to yourself as an innocent child as a child? Or are you looking back? Did you grow out of childhood and look back and declare yourself to be an innocent child? And I say that for a reason. I'm gonna I'm gonna share that with you in just a moment. I think we're grown, but we always have that child mentality in our minds. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like generational curse. And my thing is, I'm better than I used to be. I'm not where I want to be. So uh -huh. that's why I have to stay busy because if not, your mind begins to play tricks with you and make you think of your past mm -hmm. and then you become depressed. So, but I, it took me a long time to give up that independence with, with my husband. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I, if he's very slow for doing something, I do it myself. I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry to pump my brakes. But... It's just a growing process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Eric, I see you nodding in uh, consent. What What are you thinking? Um, what am I thinking? I don't even know Bishop at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm even sorry. know at this point because um, my parents, I grew up in a, a, a father and mother home mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And my father stepped out plenty of times on my mom. And my mom saved you know, went to the church. Um, mm -hmm. She's a minister of music. Three daughters. I'm, which is this? I'm the second daughter. I'm the middle girl. Mm -hmm. And so you see all of these things happening. And so it's like I look back as a as a mom now. I look back and recognize some things where mm -hmm. the Lord has put has shielded us from a lot of mm -hmm. nonsense of what's going on and how the, the the prayers definitely helped us. But you did see every now and then. You know, like, mm -hmm. why is daddy doing that? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and I was the, the daughter to say, um, because my dad was an alcoholic. Mm. And so I would go to school and, uh, you know, during the book fair, instead of me looking at, you know, these these books that say, oh, the prince is this. The, I'm looking at alcoholic books to how to help my daddy. Mm. 
Mm. Because I recognize there was something that's going on that he mm-hmm. needs help with mm-hmm. as a child. And so I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, Daddy, I got this book here for you. I'm thinking he's drinking alcohol, wow. you know, rubbing alcohol, you know, not <laughs> knowing that it was, but that was my perspective then as right, a child. Right, not right. knowing that it was, you know, something that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. something else. Wow. Those, those are awesome observations. And, and I think you're really... You're really propping up some of the things that I say in this program and I've said in ministry for years and years. And that is that a lot of adult energy is passed on to the children. Mm-hmm. And, and Tanisha, I think you make such an excellent point. I've never been able to depend on the person that I should be able to depend on. So to cope with it, I became dependent on myself, independent. I don't need anybody else. And and even in Erica's case, sometimes the children, and this is why I ask about when did you decide to choose the innocent child? Because sometimes children in their innocence, not even sometimes, too often, children in their innocence assume responsibility for adult problems. And I, I grew up, I have to grow up fast. My mom worked in a factory, and I think I was second grade, and my older sister, she's in the fourth grade. I had to go after school, go home, go get a wagon, and take the clothes to the laundromat mm-hmm. to wash the clothes, fold them, bring them back. Yeah. And I, so I grew up fast. So to have a childhood, I don't know what it is to have a childhood. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. I have always taken care of somebody since I was in the second grade. Wow. And, and so our children, when adults have their issues, whatever the issues may be, good, bad, or indifferent, when adults have their issues, they step out of their roles of responsibility, but it does not mean that those responsibilities go away. Those responsibilities still have to be full, fulfilled. Excuse me. So when the adults step out of those roles, guess who has to step in? The children. The children. And, and you know, and that trains your mind. That sets your mind. Am I making sense yes, here? That, that, that tightens the screws on your mind and on your heart. And on your heart. And, and Tanisha, you, I think you paint the picture so well. Then when I saw my husband stepping up, I wasn't used to that. Or when he didn't step up, which I was used to. The instinct took over. Bam. I got to step up. And, and that right there, and I'm stressing this because that right there is a key dynamic. So one of the key dynamics that I really want to point out in marriage and family clinic. Like I say, we want to help you detect what makes you tick. What makes you tick. And when these things are going on in your childhood, how can you not? have a significant emotional response to it. How can you not have a significant emotional response to it? And you know, Bishop, um, as we're talking now, there um, is a time where you start making the list of what you want in a spouse uh-huh. and what you don't want. Mm-hmm. And alcoholism was one of those things I didn't want. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to drink. Mm-hmm. And another thing I didn't want was um, if you already had children, I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to save myself. If I'm going to save myself, uh-huh. he better save himself too because yeah. I didn't want that problem. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I think a lot of times as we grow and mature, 
even as children, we start putting a list of things that we we want in a spouse and mm -hmm. give that to the Lord. Absolutely. But sometimes as children, mm -hmm. you just, you say you don't want something, uh -huh. but if somebody comes as a savior to you, mm -hmm. you're going to go with that one because if your childhood is so miserable, yeah. you're going to go with the first thing that mm -hmm. looks good to you as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's true. Yeah, and that's true. And and then we got to be careful. God, and I like something else you said a moment ago also. Uh, I can't remember which one of you all said it, but you talked about how God graced children. And I think that was you, Erica, how God keeps some things from us. I always remember watching the movie The Blind Side. Oh, yeah. Watching the movie Blind Side. And uh, 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 what's his name in there? And... Uh, they were wondering how he grew up in such a devastatingly negative neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And it did not affect him. And he said, my mother always covered my eyes. My mother always covered my eyes. And that was, that was so powerful to me. That was so powerful. If I couldn't form the vision of it. It can't stay with me. Thank you. It can, if I never saw it, it can't stay with me. And I believe that for some of us, God really has covered our hearts and didn't allow it to set up shop in us. Because I look at the two of you now, I truly thank God for where he has brought you from. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Where he's brought you to. And you know God has been good to you. Yes, yes. And he's still being good. Amen. Because, and you, 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 you have to look at yourself in the mirror and ask, why didn't I lose my mind? Mm. Why didn't I go crazy? Why didn't I turn out to be a prostitute? Why didn't I turn out to be a drug addict and alcoholic myself? You know, why, why wasn't that? And that, that leads to a whole nother discussion in and of itself. But I, I just thank God for bringing the two of you as as far as he has and and you know and I, and it sounds like that you have victory now and you've been able to deal with it but was there a point was there a point in your marriage where some of that past emotional energy came up and presented you with some significant challenges yes i would say so because we all try to go into a marriage with a clean slate. We do. But you mm -hmm. have to think about it. We do bring baggage. Not necessarily outside children, but like you said, your emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you're feeling. So my thing is, there was time like when Eric was drinking. That brought, I didn't like that because I watched my dad. My dad was on drugs my entire life, mm. pretty much. So I watched that type of life. So a lot of stuff, it, it did bring a lot of uh, tension in our household. Mm -hmm. Wow. And a lot of times, too, they're reminders. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a residue mm -hmm. um, that, that comes in. I remember um, there was a, a, a cologne my husband would, would, would wear, and I said, you smell like my dad. <laughs> Pray for me. But, um, but some, some triggers. Triggers, yeah. There, there are triggers there, yeah. and I'm like, well, you know, but I, I, I had to, you know what? This ain't my daddy. Yeah. This is my husband. Yes. And sometimes yeah. we have to, like, and like Sister Holt was saying, we got to push on our brakes and mm -hmm. check ourselves mm -hmm. and say, oh, 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 no. And then when an issue arrives that you don't even agree with, you you say, look, this is your, your man, Lord. Mm -hmm. I need you to deal with him. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. and I like how you even said, Bishop, help me to love my spouse through me. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes, you know, um, I thank the Lord for because I bring baggage yes. from my past and I have yeah. to realize that. Well, where is this coming from? Is mm-hmm. this my mama or this yeah. is my daddy? You know, but praise <laughs> <God>. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and, you know, and this is why I said to you last week. Also, if you want to drive your child away from Jesus, mm-hmm. make him compete with the church. Take time that belongs to him or her and give it to the church. Because that's, that's, and what happens here, and I just share this with you, what happens with us is that these things are going on. We're watching these models. We're watching these examples. And the closer they are to us, it's one thing for your uncle to do it, but when your daddy does it. It's one thing for Mother Susu at church to do it, but when it's your mother, uh, the closer they are to us, the greater the emotional impact on our lives is going to be from the example that they live for us. And what they live for us, it makes this emotional impact that we don't deal with in childhood. We don't deal with in childhood. But it doesn't mean that it goes away. It gets stored up. And it becomes what I call excess emotional energy. It's just excessive. It's just extra emotional energy. And you know when it shows up? In our adult relationships. And, and, and so that, that's why... And that's why, Erica, you made, you made the perfect statement, man. I got to remember that, too. You can smell a cologne. You can watch a movie. You can hear a word. But that's what my daddy used to always say. <laughs> you know, and here it comes. It's like some just reach down in your soul and grab that. And pull it up to the surface. And here you are having the same emotion, the same experience at 33 that you had when you were 13. And, and, and my God, and that's what makes programs like this so important. We got to have church. We've got to have church. But so often in church, we preach over things, and there's so much more going on. But you know what? This is key. This stuff is key to our living. Yes, it is. It is key to our living. You know, Bishop, and it's funny when you mentioned about the, the cologne and my dad. There came a time when I had to let go because mm-hmm. although we experience things in our childhood, we also have to forgive. Yeah. And yes. um, forgiveness is huge, especially when it comes from your your parents. And I'm yes. while I am thankful, while I can. Um, almost experience some of the things that my mom I can I'm like thank the Lord for my mom to be the the, the rock that we needed mm-hmm. at such a crucial time in our childhood wow. but at the same time I've got to forgive mama because mama made mistakes mm-hmm. they may not have been as as loud as my dad's you know and but I have to forgive daddy yeah. and and say you know daddy out of everything and sometimes you don't need an explanation yeah, yeah. of what has happened but daddy over everything and I had to have that conversation with him I forgive you daddy yeah I love you daddy yeah, yeah. you know because awesome. some sometimes those can be mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but I needed that from him yeah. but did um, he receive it I mm. believe he did did your mom receive it mm. mm-hmm. 
Do you think it's important that they receive it? It, it I don't. I'm just asking because I like, I still have like a, a lot of not childhood hurt, but I've been mm -hmm. trying to talk to my mom about mm -hmm. how I felt as a child because you know when you're a child you don't you don't speak those things because it's stay in a child's right. place. Right. So right. as a child too, sometimes I think your feelings are not invalid. You don't you, you, you can't say anything. Right. So I would just try to tell my mom the way I how I feel now as a child. Then they make you feel bad because you're telling them how you felt as a child. So that's why I was asking. Because mm -hmm. I have never really, I can never really tell my mom how mm -hmm. I truly feel now as a child. Because I'm the second. And I had every, all the responsibility. And I was forgotten about it as a child. Everybody overlooked mm -hmm. me as a child. And I just want to express that to them. Mm -hmm. But they always just brush me away. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I think it's... I would say to a person in a similar situation, and I would say to you, I think it is important that you be able to share that with them. We can never be responsible for how people respond to us when we want to ask forgiveness or when we want to forgive. We can never be responsible for the other person's reaction or response to us. But for our own liberty's sake, for our own victory's sake, for our own liberation's sake, I think it is critical, it's crucial that we be able to share those experiences and how it affected and impacted us to the point where, even in your case, like you're saying, it's not, Mom, this is what I was feeling back then. Well, guess what? You're still feeling it today. Mm -hmm. Mom, this is... This is what I carry daily. This is how it impacted me then, and this is what I carry today. But then I would hear, I was the best mom I knew how back then. Yeah, yeah. I took care of the four of you guys by myself. Yeah. But my thing is, her issue was... Yes, my dad. My dad was the problem, but though my dad was not. It's not my problem because right. of their marriage. But they always make it seem like. My feelings are invalid. Yeah, yeah, and and that's where you you give them you give them one or two more shots, because no parent wants to hear that they were inadequate. She was a good mother. No, no, but if you say, "Mom, I was hurt back then," she hears, "I was inadequate." Yes. <laughs> and I, I think I think about my four sons, man. I said, "Ooh, Lord have mercy!" And I've I've gone to my four sons, and I've had to apologize to them for some things, because, like I said last week, you know, there was a point there where I was so busy ministering that I forgot my primary ministry, which was at home, and they missed out on some things, and and you know, and and it was just. It would just crush me for my sons to look at me in my face and say that you were inadequate. Mm -hmm. And you were inadequate could come out like you weren't there for me. You missed this. You weren't there. All of that means you were inadequate. And so that's probably what a lot of that pushback is all about. She has to come face to face with her feelings of inadequacy. Especially with her child. Especially with her child. And so after if you if you choose to give it another shot, mom, I just I'm just trying to let you know what I've dealt with. But then and then go on into the forgiveness. Go on into the forgiveness. One thing that blessed me so 
was uh, one thing that blessed me so was coming to realize how much God has forgiven me of mm -hmm. and how greatly God has loved me. Oh my God. How much and how many of my sins God has washed away. And a lot of us can, a lot of us have this testimony how death was grabbing on our coattail but God. Yes. How we would have been in jail but God. Amen. It was God. It's only by the grace of God that my children turned out as well as they Thank did. You. It wasn't because I was great. It certainly was not. But I think God, and, and this is what I really want to say. This is what I really want to say right here. When it comes to us being made whole, that's a work that only God can accomplish. We, it, we need to make up with our parents. We need to share with them. We need to forgive them. Some of us need to for, be forgiven by them. Yes. Some of us as children rose up and rebelled against our mamas and daddies. We ain't had no business doing that, that, that food like that. Oh, I wish I had time to tell you one or two stories. Uh, uh, uh. But when it comes to being whole, and to be honest with you, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for this wholeness. But when it comes to being whole, that's a work that only God can do. Amen. When it comes to truly being loved as you deserve to be loved, that's a work that only God can do. No man can do it. I don't care how great a husband he is. He can't love you perfectly like you deserve to be loved. He can do a great job, but only God can do it perfectly. Only God can make you whole. My God, y'all, I'm out of time. We are out of time. Listen, I've got to close this out. I appreciate you joining with us. If you want to hear this again, search this, uh, the podcast, Bishop C.D. Hodges, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, you can hear it all again, but I thank you for joining us. We're all out of time, but I just want to leave you with this. Remember, you can't have peace unless you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.